Shape Moda designs women's trousers to suit everybody's shape to get the perfect fit. Just imagine that as soon as you wear a pair of trousers, they feel like the best piece of clothing ever. Dress for your body shape with Shape Moda and make a huge change in your life now. Go to shapemoda.com and find out which body shape you have. Shape Moda gives you the perfect fit. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle and this is our extra special bonus book club episode, which we bring you every couple of months. And I am delighted to say our book this time is Trespasses by Louise Kennedy. Now, as you'll hear, some of our book club members were already fans of Kennedy, having read her short story collection, The End of the World is a Cul-de-Sac. But what would they make of the author's debut novel? Well, we're about to find out. And later on, the clubbers will be giving their recommendations for summer reads. So stay tuned for that. But first, here's our book club, Neve Towie, Anne Ingle, Bernice Harrison and myself. And as usual, I began by reading out the blurb of the book, which again is Trespasses by Louise Kennedy. Enjoy. One by one, she undid each event, each decision, each choice. If Davy had remembered to put on a coat, if Shamie McGowan had not found himself alone on a dark street, if Michael Agnew had not walked through the door of the pub on a quiet night in February in his white shirt. There is nothing special about the day Kushla meets Michael, a married man from Belfast in the pub owned by her family. But here, love is never very far from violence and this encounter will change both of their lives forever. As people get up each morning and go to work, school, church or the pub, the daily news rolls in of another car bomb exploded, another man beaten, killed or left for dead. In the class Kushla teaches, the vocabulary of seven-year-old children now includes phrases like petrol bomb and rubber bullets. And as she is forced to tread lines she never thought she would cross, tensions in the town are escalating, threatening to destroy all she is working to hold it together. Tender and shocking, Trespasses is an unforgettable debut of people trying to live ordinary lives in extraordinary times. Bernice, what did you make of Trespasses? Well, now, that's interesting that you read out the blurb there, because I remember when you put this forward as the book for the podcast in our last meeting, and we were all in such good form because we just read Lessons of Chemistry. We're just, we're just, just so happy. And you put it forward. And I didn't, I didn't think about it. I just said, oh yeah, Grandia. And now, if you had told me at that time that it was a book set in Belfast, in the Capital T Troubles, in the 70s, I would have said, oh, for God's sake, I'm not reading that now. I absolutely would have. My mind would have closed, snapshot, and I would have said, I'm not reading that. Even though, sort of in the back of my mind, I thought, I must read Louise Kennedy. I'm really aware that she's this really hugely well-received, uh, both critically and popularly, collection of short stories. So she was in my mind. But then I thought, oh God, what if she's one of these, uh, the new generation of slightly experimental writers and it's all, and I'm going to, so I'm going to have Northern Ireland and experimental writers. Okay, so I, I, okay, I had a bit of a heavy heart, let's just say, when I picked up this book. It's fantastic. It is just fantastic because, okay, so first of all, my experimental thing, that was dealt with really, really quickly because in fact, to me, this book is quite old fashioned in the way that it's written. It's a third person narrative. It could be written, 
I kept on thinking of Edna O'Brien, actually, when I was reading it. It's, it's that sort of rhythm. It had that sort of exp- exploration of this young woman's life because the central character, Kushler, she's 24. And, you know, like a lot of 24-year-olds, well, no, she's ahead of a lot of 24-year-olds because she's got a career. She's got a really good career. She's a teacher's job. She adores. She teaches in a Catholic school. That's very crucial. And of course, the whole, the, the sectarian divide is is such a, a theme running through this book, but it's dealt with so superbly by Louise Kennedy that you just, that you you're not a, you don't ever feel like you're hammered over the head with the whole thing you really don't it's sort of it's so interwoven into these people's lives um and so she, kushla she she's just her she's in grief as well because her father died uh, so she's grieving as well she's she works in the her her family pub which is run by her brother her mother's we don't know, was she, was she always sort of an alcoholic or is this on foot of her father? So there's there's loads of sort of personal strands that could be in any book, really. But then, of course, it's in the North. Then, of course, it's in 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 when the troubles were just just really. And, and uh, sorry, just to say that the community that she lives in is just slightly on the edge. So they're not they're just slightly on the edge of the troubles as well. So in a sense, they live in a slight bubble. But, you know, this bubble is going to be burst. They live in this slight bubble whereby in the pub it's mixed. There's Catholics, there's Protestants, there's even uh, soldiers from the barracks. And there's. So while all this has been described and the interaction between all the people, Kennedy sort of drops these intimations that all that it's it's this isn't going to last. This sort of, you know, sort of we're all in this together community thing is not going to last. Like, for example, at one point, Kushla is out driving with her mother and she she talks about all the eccentrics in the bar. She describes them. God, they're so brilliantly described. This is such a vivid book. You can see everybody. You can see the pub. You can see the houses. She's so vivid in her descriptions. Um, but at one point there, herself and her mother are at a checkpoint. Uh, and you think, all right, well, this is the real troubles now that are at the checkpoint there. And they're just trying to go about their business. I can't even remember, actually, where they're trying to go in the book. But anyway, they're just trying to go about their business. And a hooded man steps. Uh, it's obviously on the Protestant side. A hood, hooded man steps uh, in front of her, in front of the car. And she recognises him. She recognises him as, as the one of the blokes that drinks in the pub. And it's such a shocking moment for her. And it's a shocking moment for us. And it, it really, again, it int- there's so many intimations of what's going to happen now. And I just want to say lastly, before I hand over to everybody else, there is a shock death in the book. I didn't expect it. And it's handled, when it when it came, I had to put the book down. I got such a shock. And she literally delivers it in one line. And it's so expertly delivered. I got, I got such a fright. I... I, and I, I suppose that made me realise how drawn in I was to the story. And again, lastly, no, really lastly this time, really lastly, how I I had, and I, I'm just going to spin back to our, our lessons in chemistry in the way we all love that central character. We all wanted the best for that central character. I realised halfway through this book, I just really wanted the best for Kushla. I just so I liked her. I I just wanted the best for her. And I think that is such a skill of a writer to to create a character that you feel you, you care about so much and that you're willing to go with her wherever she goes. So that's that's me and Louise Kennedy and Trespasses. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Bernice, I have to say, without being too much, it's not really great when we when we all agree. So we'll see what everyone else says. But I, I couldn't agree with more with everything you said, particularly about how she brings everything to life. Whether there's somebody making a fish finger sandwich, or whether it's just the description of them watching telly in the house, or things that come on the radio, or music that they're listening to. She builds up this picture of these lives that you are completely drawn into. And yes, like you said, it is capital T troubles. And, you know, that could be, you know, ter- but it, it, she's so expert at what she's doing. And she's such a brilliant writer that it, it you would re- you would read her wherever she was writing about it. it doesn't it doesn't matter. She has drawn us in. And I think uh, one thing you didn't mention was Kushla going with this man that she's having the affair with to these Irish language classes. And there that sectarian and that kind of divide between class as well is really well done. But um, before we go on to that, maybe Neve, I'll come to you. Did you like it as much as Bernice and I did? Yeah, I hate to say I loved it as well. (laughs) We are all going to love it. Um, No, I thought it was brilliant. And I have to say that I was similarly apprehensive in the same way Bernice was because I I had read her short stories at the start of the year and... Uh, like they're expertly done um, in terms of short story writing. They're like little smacks in the face. Each each one of them are like little stabs in the heart. They're so shocking and like really quite dark in some places. Um, they're all about the internal lives of these characters who are um, living in through extraordinary times, often like uh, the Celtic Tiger or the Crash. And um, But I found them tough. I found them tough work. And so when I saw that this book was by Louise and about the troubles, um, I thought this was going to be really hard work. And it was the complete opposite. It was an absolute joy to read. Um, And I really mean that this is a book that will stay with me for a very long time. I didn't, to my embarrassment, didn't know what it's like to grow up in the troubles in Northern Ireland. Hadn't heard about it on the news. I didn't grow up in that time that I don't know. I know very little about it. My knowledge of the troubles comes from history books um, and maybe through stories told by my parents. But even they had a very uh, light touch experience of it. So this book, I felt, left me with such a greater understanding of what it was like to be a human living in Northern Ireland in the 70s. Um, and I'm really thankful, actually, to the author for giving me that. I felt that was really accessible. It was a really easy way to, not easy um, is not the right word, but um, she described it so well to somebody like me who knows so little about it. Um, and it's so expertly done. It's so tender. It's so sensitive in a way that the short stories often uh, weren't. And I suppose you can't tell a story that way in in so few words. But This story and this central character of Kushla is written in such a tender, beautiful way. There's so much humanity in this book. Um, It really gives an insight into what it was like to grow up uh, then, to live there, to to be on the margins, to be young, to be vulnerable, to be finding yourself amidst all of this horror that's going on. Um, I felt it did that really well. Um, Like Bernice said, I felt Kushla was this character you were so invested in and that you I was upset for Kushla often, um, you know, um, and not even just Kushla. I thought one of the really fantastic characters in this book is a child called Davy McGowan. Uh, she uh, teaches him in her primary school. Um, he's maybe seven or eight. His father has been the victim of um, an, a sectarian attack. Um, his mother is a Protestant. His father is a Catholic. They live in a Protestant, a really... Um, bigoted Protestant estate and Davy suffers. Davy's life is really is quite hellish. And Kushla offers him an out. Kushla gives him a hand. Well, she can't offer him an out, but she gives him what she can. And it's written so beautifully and it shows it's so 
devastating the story of Davy and also all of the other children in her class. Um, many of the chapters in this book open with um, the news headlines, which I thought actually was a really clever way of describing what it was like in in a day-to-day sense um, and kind of reminded me a little bit of how we lived over the last two years. We were waking up to like horror stories of an, another 100 people have died in the last week from COVID. This was kind of similar shocking stuff that became benign uh, to people, you know, so it would a lot of the paragraph, a lot of the chapters would open with two men have been killed in an attack. Uh, you know, the weather's going to be nice at the weekend, like really cleverly done to uh, describe what it was like day to day. But also the children were giving their news, which contained all of this horror um, that just became commonplace. And the blurb that you read out, Roisin, describes how, you know, car bomb was part of these children's vocabulary now. Um, so I thought that the use of children and Kushla's role in particular as a primary school teacher um, illuminated the um, these times so well. Um, and I thought that she, the writer, Louise Kennedy, handled that so cleverly. Um, I... It, it, and and just to say it's about so much more than um it's about so much more than their than the relationship at the center of this book which is an affair between Kushla and this older man Michael Agnew who's a, a barrister is a Protestant barrister um I was probably less interested in that storyline actually than I was in 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 her relationships with her family and the fallout from the affair and um her interactions with the children in her class. So I think that speaks a lot to how excellent this writer is, that there are a lot, an awful lot of relationships in this book that are more in ways more exciting um, than what is the central one. Um, so I really loved this book. I think it's it, it's fantastic. And I think it's really masterfully done by Louise and how talented of a writer to be able to do short stories and long form um, in such a way as this. And I mean, yeah, again, agree with everything, Neve, as well. And this this is a woman who I think worked for 30 years as a chef and only started writing um, a few years ago, which, again, is quite extraordinary. It's like as if it was all just there waiting to spill out of her. And I know you said all the other relationships are good as well, but I did think the love story at the heart of this um, between Kushla and Michael is brilliantly done. And there's one uh, time when they go down to Dublin for a weekend oh, away and I great. think I, she doesn't mention the hotel but I think it must be Wins or somewhere, yeah. somewhere like that it must be Wins Hotel and honest to God I felt like I was walking along the streets of Dublin with those two and you know there's bits like where she goes into um well, Switzer's she goes into Switzer's and she opens her bag to be searched you know because <laughs> she thinks she's in Belfast and they go to all these different pubs and places they go to the Abbey and I just her power to to bring us with her along those streets and places is amazing. So, Mum, what did you think about it? Are you going to be the fourth um, unanimous uh, approval of this book? What's going on? Well, I thought it was very interesting what Neve said about being a young person um, and not having lived through the, the, the troubles. I mean, unlike myself down here in the South, we didn't have really a notion oh, that we got it all on the news. So I think it's a very important thing for books like this to be written uh, for people like Neve, uh, that generation, so that they will be able to understand and <laughs> how well she has told the story. I recently read a book called The Colony by Audrey McGee, which was also set in the Times of the Travels in 1979 and also used that uh, little uh, trick of having the news relayed about what was going on. So 
that was uh, something that I was familiar with, and it was written in the same year, so it's not something that Louise would have copied or anything. It's both the colony and um, this book were written in the same year. But it was interesting for me because I'd just recently written a book, read a book about the, the Troubles. And also um, the book got me from the very beginning because of that name of the central character, Kushla. What a gorgeous name it it's it sums up so much. It's just a, a lovely, lovely um, name, um, and couldn't have suited that that lovely girl more. Um, I think the whole thing was beautifully written. Um, there wasn't a spare word to be had. It was everything was to the point. She just told you it. You know, she's telling you the story, and um, you know, the, the, of course, there were beautiful descriptions. I mean, the gorse bushes and things like that. But at the same time. She got to the heart of the matter very so very well and carried us along with the story. Um, I would be a great fan of uh, The End of the World is a cul-de-sac. I was saying that from the treetops because it was brilliant. And I empathized with so many of those uh, characters in those short stories. And also in this book, um, I loved so many things. I loved all the drinking that went on. I loved the, the whiskey <laughs> glass being pushed across, you know, the counter. And then the mother with the, the poor alcoholic mother with all those gin bottles, those green bottles hiding all over the house. Um, you know, and I, I suppose if you had to live through all those times, you'd need a drink or two to get to get through it all. Um, and also, I love the whole idea of Kushla being able to mix with different stratas of society like she had the affair with a barrister and she went with those people who were pretending to wanting to learn Irish and also with her, her little children in school and especially Davy with his father who'd been a victim of the troubles um she was she was able to mix quite easily with all of them um and then of course there was the cleaning lady who actually had been cleaning the flat where Michael and, and her had been having their little affair. And that was a bit embarrassing for her. But she could mix with all of those people and, and, and get on with it very well. Um, there is something else. For that, yeah, I just wanted to say that I don't read the books because of my eyesight, which is very bad now. So I had the privilege of listening to this book, Red Ride, Breege Brennan, the, the famous Irish actress, and uh, that was really, really wonderfully done. So I, I got the best of, of both worlds. There is only one thing that I would would have a quibble about. And if, only if I'd have been the um, privilege of being an editor here. I didn't want to see Kushler as an old lady. I didn't like the wrapping of the book, the, the beginning bit and the end bit, where we, we got up to date with her life. I could have done without that. Um that's the only criticism that I would have I would make about the book, but um, that's a very minor thing. There are only a couple of pages, but the rest of it is just as everybody has said, a, a really really good story, told with such heart and such immediacy, and also as, as a, a lesson to to the younger generation of to what those people had to go through with, who lived in Belfast and around the, the area. So that's me. I loved it. Bernice, did you did you want to come in there on Just what Mum was saying about yeah. the beginning and the end? The beginning and the end. Now, yeah. I without giving anything away, obviously, no, we don't without giving any anything away. I very frequently 
don't bother reading prologues in books. You know, it's my least favourite thing in a book. I think, oh, for God's sake, just get to the story, get to the story. And when I saw that, and it opens in 2015, that's that, so that's where we are in 2015. And we're in an art gallery and this um, Kushla. And again, it's told from her perspective and it's only, it's a page and a half long, so it's not long. Um, and we get to hear her her first name and her second name. And we get a notion that it's one of her pupils. That's all we know from that, really. She's looking at a piece of work and that's all we know. She's a middle-aged woman and that's all she know, we, we know. And then it becomes clear in the very end. Um, now, I when I got to the end, I went back and I read the the, the 2015 prologue again, just, just to see what I'd missed, to look at the nuances there. You see, I love that. I love yeah. the book ending. I loved it. And it made me realise that I was so intrigued as to what happened to Miss Lavery, to Kushla Lavery. It made it it sort of nearly confirmed my absorption in her life, actually. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I did exactly the same thing. Bernice. I went back, I got more out of it. I realised, you know, how well she was setting it up. But there was a little part of me, if I was to, because I feel like we have said so many wonderful things and it is, a, we, I think we're going to tell everyone to, to read this book. And I know lots of people already have. It's It's been a very big uh, cr- critical success as well. But uh, I felt a little bit like the coincidences might have been too great um, without saying any spoilers, but just how it kind of transpired. It was a little bit too... Uh, not necessarily as believable as I like. But then I would just forgive her that because it just was nice and resolved and it felt like she gave us something. And I was curious about where she ended up and where where Davy ended up and how that all um, transpired. So I feel like I would, um, I did in the end, I think pretty much liked it. But I know what you mean, Mum. I know that's if you're going to give a little tiny thing to say, I can understand that. Neve, what did you think about those those parts? Yeah, I loved them actually. Um I, it confused me at the start. I forgot that it was at the start. I must have skimmed over thinking, I don't know I what that is. I completely forgot. I don't know what that is, so I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> but then when I got to the end, I and then I remembered, oh, that's what that thing was. And uh, no, it made me actually, because the book ends and you feel like, oh, yeah, you feel like you want to know more about her or what happened because it gets left at such a critical point in her life. And it's nice, actually, that it gets wrapped up in the in the last chapter as to where she is in 2015. So, no, I, I thought it was lovely. I thought it made a real it really rounded it out. Gave me just that little bit more about Kushla that I needed to feel a little bit happier. I just um, would have loved to have read the acknowledgements at the end. It's really frustrating me because Breach didn't read the acknowledgements. Oh, they're really good, Mum. I really, really good. I'm really so upset. So I might get somebody here to read it out to me because um, I'm sure they were they were very good and very important. They would have added for me to the whole thing. You know, you you so, know what they really they really do, and they're they're lovely because actually I think um, as far as I understand, Louise Kennedy was very very ill while finishing this book. So the fact that she even got it done, uh, she starts the acknowledgement saying, "I appear to have written a novel. <sighs> this is a work of fiction that's based on true events. Sometimes the way the events occur." But she says, um, "Yeah, she does res- respond to the fact that she had." Um, I think that she wasn't. She says a good one. She says, thanks to Paul Madden of the Magical River Mill Writers Retreat, where I spent way more time than I'm willing to admit. Delightfully, no matter how hard I worked, the calorie count always exceeded the word count. <laughs> <laughs> so they are actually particularly good acknowledgements. So I will read them out to you, Mum, sometime. Thanks when I see you, Roisin. Yeah. yeah. This podcast is brought to you by shapemoda.com. Log on today to find your perfect fit.
Now, look, the thing about it is, though, when, you know, we're talking about this would be a really good book to like for Neve was saying she she learned so much for those of us who, you know, were going to school in the morning and, and listening to the radio in the 70s, whatever, and hearing all that, you know, that was very much part of people's lives then, um, even in the South. Um, I sort of came away while I I felt Miss La- Kushla's story was lovely, well-rounded and everything. But I think it would make you kind of despair for the North. I, I think because the sectarian divisions were so clearly drawn and so cle- seemed to be so embedded that I think I, I just felt a sort of a sense of hopelessness thinking about the North after this, after reading this book. Um, and yeah, that's and so maybe that made my, does that get back to originally when I thought oh god it's about the troubles you know like it's going to be so but I I did I just felt oh no this this is going to go on and on and on and on and on yeah I, I want to go back to a bit what you were saying as well Bernice about the experimental thing because I think there is so many brilliant books being written from Northern Ireland and so many different types of ones so it did make me think a little bit of, of Milkman even though it's a very different book but Anna Burns did a similar thing in um, really showing that world and really making it so visible and visceral in her writing but it's, it's very different because we don't even know the name of the character in, in Milkman and we know everything about Cushlen so it's, it's a very different style but I, I do think there's a sort of similarities and I hope it wins prizes as as Milkman did as well and then like you've got Michelle Gallen has a new book out called Factory Girls which is a sort of a comedy book and it, it, again very different but gives you that sense of what it was like ordinary lives so there's this sort of thread running from Dairy Girls I think because I think Milkman came out around the same time as Dairy Girls and from then I just think we're seeing much more um, culture and literature and art from Northern Ireland that's really maybe with a bit of distance that's really showing us how things were in a in a different way in a more authentic way that's what it feels like to me anyway because I've read so many great books from the North in the last few years Roisin have you, have you read this book I've just picked it up it's called Common Decency by Susanna Dickey it's out in July well I read Tennis Lessons by Susanna ah. and that is an amazing like totally different again um, it's it's a really gritty book uh, really good I really loved it um, and I'm dying to read her new one that's that's by Susanna as well so I'm just there's so many different and a lot of young women too um, uh, writing there Neve, you were going to say something yeah, I was just saying Bernice you were saying uh, that you felt despair about and I, I think I, I would echo that as well I, I read this around I had just finished um, working in the newsroom the, and um, around the time that the story about the those horrible chants about Michaela McAreevy, that story was out and I was reading this book at the same time and I kind of, it gave me a similar sense of God, like we've come on a long way, but in lots of ways, those same deep seated attitudes haven't changed and are still forming so much of our current affairs coverage at the moment as well in a different way, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. just to echo what Bernice was saying. I think the word masterful was used by somebody, I can't remember, but just going back to kind of what you were saying at the start, Bernice, about it being an old fashioned novel, you know, I think we shouldn't um, glance over the fact that this is such an achievement in novel writing and it's her first novel. That's what seems very amazing to me. It feels like something that somebody after, you know, three or four books might come out with, but there's sort of it's not an easy thing to do what she has done to draw us in like that to tell this very this is such a lot going on I mean this is a really fraught thing there's so many ways that it could be clumsy or might not land properly but there's none of that 
it's you just feel like you're in the hands of somebody who's going to take you through this with uh, I I can't say enough about it and I think we shouldn't forget that either oh, that no, this but is I, a debut and, uh, sorry I hope you didn't uh, think that I when I said old-fashioned novel I didn't mean that in a negative no. I mean that in a positive <laughs> I, I, I know I know you did but I just that's, I wanted to go back yeah. to it because I think that's that's one of its major attributes yeah it, there's no bells and whistles it's not trying to be anything it's it's there with the classics like John McGarren or William Trevor or whoever you want to say they're really telling you know, a great big, story yeah and like you mentioned Ed no, Brian, telling a brilliant story, bringing us in, and that is not easy to do. And that's somebody who's got such a lot of talent, I think. Just wanted to say about the title, Roisin, I presume it's Forgive Us Our Trespasses. It comes from the Our Father. Would you say so? Yeah, that's what I would think. And I suppose there's so many different trespasses. It's a perfect title, exactly. whether it's the trespass in the currents of the, the affair, the romantic relationship or, you know, the sectarianism or the mm. I mean, there's, there's so many levels you can read. it, And it's actually a great cover, too. It's just this girl walking past a brick wall. And anyway, I I uh, I just loved it so much. So we've had two in a row there that are raves, which is not like us. <laughs> <laughs> We must What's be going soft. on. <laughs> we must be. Um, but yeah, no, I think we're, we all feel the same. So we'd, we'd all recommend it to people. Definitely. I mean, and I don't even think we'd say, you know, you know, sometimes I know you say this and you referred to it earlier, but he's like, oh, is it very grim? I'm not in the mood for that kind of thing. Despite the fact that it's set in the capital T troubles, it's as, as Neve said, a joy to read, a pleasure to read. And there's music in it too, Roshi. Music. The tunes, you know. Yeah. There's the music. There's the, there's the, I mean, there's, there's a moment there where the kids are writing letters to Jimmy Savile like even things like that or you know it, the way it brings in the pop culture of the time and the stuff that they were hearing and seeing that's incredible and again I go back to the food I loved all the the sort of working class uh, meals that were being dished up and then the posh meals the posh the, meals were fantastic yeah. <laughs> These this intelligentsia this Protestant intelligentsia with their On dinner the party Road. serving pate like I know <laughs> I and I remember because I used to live in Northern Ireland and, and the, where I lived was the, the, the Irish Times used to have a flat in the Malone Road so I, I lived in that whole place so I could really imagine it and it, the difference in that in Belfast between class and stuff and the people who thought they were better than other people and the kind of this whole other like you say bubble that was going on as well with sort of people who were barristers or working in that so it, it, there was so many different layers to that society you know uh, and she, she gets she them gets all, all which is yeah, extraordinary absolutely absolutely yeah. okay well um uh, we can say that's a, that's a good one. We'll come up with our next read. And um, thank you, as always, for joining us, Anne, Neve, and Bernice. And um, I'm glad we can go off and tell everyone to read Trespasses by Louise Kennedy because it's a triumph, absolute triumph. Absolutely. Thank you all. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. See you again. Well, that was a complete rave review, which, as you know, does not always happen around these parts. But before we go, I just want to bring you those book club recommendations for summer reads from Neve, Anne, and Bernice. We'll start off with Bernice's choices for books you should definitely pack in your suitcase. So three books for the summer. Well, it's always hard to pick, obviously, but the first book, somebody gave it to me for my holidays in May and I have just given it to my friend Margie for her holidays now. And it's Dana Spiotta's Wayward. Dana Spiotta is an American author who I'd never heard of before. And now, of course, I'm searching out every single thing she's ever written because she is fantastic. And Wayward, I'll give you the line from the New York Times book review. And it says, a singular and very funny portrait of a woman seeking sanity and purpose in a world gone mad. And it centres on the life of Samantha Raymond. She's 52. She looks around a suburban home. She's not, well, there's nothing wrong with her husband, but she's just kind of fallen out of love with him, really. Her daughter, her teenage daughter, pretty much ignores her. 
And she feels she's staring into what she calls the mids. And it's that hour of supreme wakefulness between, you know, three and four in the morning in which women of a certain age suddenly find themselves contemplating motherhood, mortality, and in this case, the state of America and its unravelling nation. So she she leaves her husband. She buys this falling down house in a really ropey part of Syracuse. And then the story goes from there. It's hilarious. It makes you think um, all the characters she meets, her new life, her attempt to build a new life. And what does that really mean? And can you ever really build a new life? Um, So or is it just this bonkers fantasy? Uh, So that's Dana Spiotta's Wayward. The second book it's not new. It's and it's I'm only picking it really because it's staring at me from the pile of books beside the bed. It's Maggie O'Farrell's Hamnet. Now, I know every single person I know has read it. The reviews have been off the scale. I have read everything that Maggie O'Farrell has ever written and I adore her. But for some reason, Hamnet never I, I it just didn't take with me. I don't know why. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it's uh, William Shakespeare had an 11 year old son uh, called Hamnet, not Hamlet, Hamnet, who died. And it's sort of Maggie O'Farrell explore, exploring that, exploring grief, explore, particularly from the mother's point of view. But I don't know. I, I, I just I'm looking at the spine of it here. I got halfway through it and it's as if I didn't. It's not that I didn't like it. I just sort of ran out of interest in it. So. That's weird. So I feel I really need to go back with it. Maybe maybe I picked it up at the wrong time. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I think you need to be in a particular headspace to read certain types of books and maybe that's the case there. So I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to give it another go. And then lastly, look, when you're on your holidays, sometimes you just want a great old page turner with a great yarn and that's really vivid, full of characters and that's kind of light and so for this, it's I'm, I'm picking Leanne Moriarty's new novel. People will know she's an Australian writer, obviously. She wrote Nine Perfect Strangers. We've seen that miniseries. Big Little Lies. She wrote loads of books before that. But anyway, those books um, in 2017 and 2021, when HBO sort of bought into them, they're huge. Anyway, her new novel is called Apples Never Fall. It's set in Australia. Now it's already been picked up I. I believe, by um, uh, TV. But look, on the strength of, I've read Nine Perfect Strangers, I've read Big Little Lies, on the strength of that, I'd be dead happy to read anything Leanne Moriarty has written. And I know it's going to be a really reliable, easygoing, happy summer read, Apples Never Fall. As you know, I'm not able to read books anymore, but I listen to them on Audible. Um, Currently, one that I read just last week was a book called Metronome by Tom Watson. It's a short book, a dystopian read, and I I really enjoyed it. It takes you out of this world and into another world uh, where two people are isolated on an island where they have to take a tablet twice a day in order to be able to live in that environment. It's intriguing. I think you might enjoy it. Another book I, I read recently was The Bookshop, This one was written in 1978, but we're very lucky to have it on Audible. It's by Penelope Fitzgerald. It's a little gem of a book about a lady who tries to set up a new bookshop in a place that's not too hospitable to her desires. And the way in which she deals with all her problems and resigns herself 
to it um, is really intriguing and a lovely, lovely book. Penelope Fitzgerald would have been one of my favourite writers. In fact, she only came to writing in her 60s, I, I do believe. Another book which is completely different and very up-to-date is a book called People Person by Candice Carty-Williams. She wrote that uh, her first novel, Queenie, which I think I mentioned before on the uh, podcast, is read by Danielle Vitalis. But it's um, an intriguing story about children who were sired by the same father, but with various mothers. And uh, it, it's a very funny and times and poignant read. And I really enjoyed it. Have a lovely summer. Bye. Hello, everyone. It's Neve Dowie here um, with my recommendations for summer reads. So the first one is a short book. It's called Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan. It's about a one family living in a small Irish town in 1985 and the impact of the Catholic Church on not just them, but everybody around them. It's a really devastating story in ways, but it's also really tender and really hopeful. Um, and it really moved me and I think uh, you'll really enjoy it. The next two I haven't gotten to yet, but they're on my list and they come highly recommended. So the first is Idol by Louise O'Neill. It's her latest novel. It's about a young woman who's um, a social media influencer. She's also an author and she's on a high. Her career is booming and she decides to publicise her story of sexual awakening as a teenager with her best friend Lisa. The only thing is that Lisa has a different take on how that encounter went. And so the story goes on from there, but um, it's supposed to be a real page turner and sounds like one you could really get lost in over the summer. The last one then that I wanted to recommend is a memoir. It's called This Much Is True by Miriam Margoyles. People my age might not be as familiar with her, um, but you'll know her as Professor Sprout maybe in um, Harry Potter. She's been in everything from... Blackadder to she's done voiceovers for the Cadbury's Caramel Rabbit and she's absolutely hilarious. Uh, she's raucously funny. She's lived this wonderfully entertaining and broad life. She has so many interesting stories to tell. The BBC had a documentary with her that's really worth a watch in advance of the publication of this and I hear that the her, her book is just as funny so um, I think that would be a good one to have a laugh with. So that's it for me. Thanks, guys. That's all we have time for. Thanks to our book club, Neve Towie, Bernice Harrison and Anne Ingle. And we'll let you know the next book soon. But until then, get in touch with us on social at IT Women's Podcast or email us, thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com and let us know what you thought of Trespasses by Louise Kennedy or suggest a book that we should read for our next club. And tell us whether you loved Trespasses as much as we clearly did. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, by Jennifer Ryan and Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves and I will talk to you next time. <laughs>